Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And we have some stuff to talk about before we get into it today. Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so not very exciting. Just some couple couple life updates I wanted to talk about. First of all, I wanted to talk about this recommendation of a show that I've been watching on Hulu called Candy. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. What? I don't think I have anyway. Who's in it? Jessica Biel is like no. The, she's the main actress. I think she actually. Don't quote me. I think she produced it as well, though. Okay, so this should be another good one. What was that other one we used to watch that she produced? Oh my god, The Sinner. The Sinner. Yes. So fucking good. So this is actually based on a real story of a true crime case. Okay, I'm starting that tonight. It's so fucking good. The episodes are long, but like I, me and Carson have been watching it recently. I think we're like three episodes in and it's so good. All right. I'm just going to read like the little Hulu description of it. It doesn't give anything away, but it says Candy Montgomery is a 1980s housewife and a mother who did everything right. A good husband, two kids, and even the careful planning and execution of transgressions. But when the pressure of conformity builds up her actions scream for a bit of freedom Ooh, sounds interesting yeah it's really really good so far jessica beale is literally just amazing so anything she's in has to be good Mm -hmm. for some reason the other night i was like talking to carson and i was half asleep and he was like who's the main actress again and i guess like in my sleep talking i said jessica alba and he thought it was the funniest thing ever (laughs) <laughs> he's like it's not jessica alba i was like okay relax i'm like <laughs> he's like kels that's my celebrity crush no literally that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> any other rex i don't think so that's what i'm i'm watching right now and i think i talked about my what i'm reading currently so yeah my rex Okay, so I have a few recommendations. One show that I don't know if I've mentioned before and one podcast. Okay. The show that I'm currently sucked into with Timo is Big Sky. Wait. Did you watch that one? I think we watched part of it. We had started it together like a year ago when season one was out and then I fell out of it. Yeah, me too. What the hell? Oh my god, well, there's two seasons now, and Timo and I are on season two, and we are sucked in. Okay, now I have to watch. And then the podcast recommendation I want to make is called Park Predators, and it's an audio chuck podcast, and the stories or the cases that they cover are basically all missing persons or murders solved and unsolved that happened in different national parks. Oh my god. Yeah, and I've binged almost the entire thing, and there's a lot of episodes in, like, a wow. week of working because it's all I've been listening to. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah, it's Did really we good. we cover one in Yosemite, right? We, ke- we covered one a long, long Yeah, we've ago. covered a couple. I think we covered one on the Appalachian Trail, and then we covered one, I think, in Yosemite. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I'll have to listen. It's very, very good and well done. Delia D'Ambra is the host. I love her. <laughs> Wait, she's in. She's the host of something else, right? Yeah, she's the host of a couple audio Chuck podcasts. Yeah, okay. 
Cool. Anything else or do you want to move on to our coffee recommendation? We have to talk about your wedding. Okay. It was awesome. It was such a good time. Did you have the best night ever? Yeah, it was absolutely perfect. I wish I got to eat a little more than I did. (laughs) And I I wish there was just more time to spend with each person. But those are literally my only complaints. And those are not horrible complaints. Yeah, that's the worst part is like, you can't spend time with everybody other than like saying hi and bye. Yeah. I feel like too, every time I spoke to someone, it was just so brief. Yeah. Because I was trying to just like, take everyone in right I it was so amazing I wish I could relive the day all over again and just have more hours attached to it I know it was perfect I think everything from Carson was the officiant I think everything from like the ceremony to getting ready and then the speeches like everything was just perfect it was there was start to finish was absolutely perfect the after party after everything was just perfect yeah, there was like 60 people camped out in mom and dad's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that some people might not have thought were, was perfect, shout out cousins listening from Belgium, if you now listen, was their shuttle bus going over the rock wall driveway. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, that was so terrifying when I heard that the next morning. I don't know how I slept through that. <laughs> Thank god they weren't in it when it happened, which is the only reason I almost peed my pants over it. <laughs> Yeah, so there, if you don't know what we're talking about, there, of course, you wouldn't know. Why would you know? So (laughs) there was this shuttle that came to pick up some of the guests, and the driveway is like a little windy, and there's like this part of it that has like this rock wall. It's like a drop, a big drop. It shouldn't have come up the driveway. Yeah. End of story. The shuttle comes up the driveway and almost backs down the rock wall and it was like dangling over the edge. But yeah, I heard about it the next day. I don't know how I slept through it. Yeah. So into our coffee review? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. You want to go first? Yeah. So I'm doing another like summer coffee. It's not really summer. I don't know. Coffee recommendation. And it's just like something that I found online that I think would be really good. I'm actually in the process of moving right now. So when I get all of my shit over to my new place next week, I'm going to fucking make this because it sounds amazing. (laughs) So it's a peanut butter coffee latte. And it looks really simple. So basically all the ingredients are peanut butter sugar whatever kind of milk you want and then one shot of espresso and all you have to do is heat up the peanut butter sugar and milk on the stove just so like it's almost to a boil and then that's like your milk base and then you just literally pour uh, the shot of espresso in and mix it up and put some foam on top if you want to be fancy and there's your peanut butter latte I think we might have to record at your new place next week so I can also try this (laughs) honestly (laughs) I really, really am excited. I'm going to make it. I'm really excited about it. (laughs) Peanut butter coffee, if you have not tried it, you need to. Oh, so good. So good. Remember my my favorite coffee ever that had peanut butter in it? I was just thinking about that. Yeah, they use peanut butter powder there at that place. Oh, my God. I miss that place so much. So good. Shout out Broodylicious in St. Pete. Oh, they were R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. So the coffee that I'm reviewing today... It was gifted by Ashley. Thank you, Ashley, for always looking out. Thanks, Ash. Literally sweetest. Yeah. She got this coffee from Brother Beans Roasting Company, and that's located out of Vernon, New Jersey. Okay. 
it is a cold brew and it's just a ready to drink pour over ice kind of thing yum does it have like creamer in it or anything no it does not and i'm actually drinking it without the creamer because i wanted to fully see what it tastes like because i've never had their coffee before Ooh, okay so their website if you want to check them out is brotherbeanscoffee.com and not going to get too much into their about me since this was a gifted coffee but on their website they do have coffee subscriptions they have a whole online ordering thing they sell wholesale they have the whole shebang cool yeah and then their instagram is brother beans coffee roasters so when i first tasted this coffee and i'm drinking it black like i said i just poured it straight over ice there is a little bit of nuttiness to it which i like yum um let me take another sip just to say I think because it's a cold brew, as we've mentioned with cold brews, it does have that little bit of bitter aftertaste, Mm -hmm. but it's not super extreme. Okay. And since I'm drinking it black, I think that's very impressive. Yeah, I feel like it's very hard to come by a cold brew in my mind that doesn't taste bitter. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll save some of this one for you so you could try it. I really enjoy this one. It's not flavored or anything like that. So I think I would rate this one without flavoring or added creamer. I would rate this one probably a 7.58. What? You're a changed woman. You don't even Yeah, I think it tastes really good for being a straight up black cold brew. And you can like hear the ice in like crackling. Clinkling in my glass. (laughs) It's making me really thirsty. (laughs) I had to throw those ice cubes in because, bitch, it's hot. It's fucking hot. I, I'm sweating so bad right Me now. too. I am sweating my ass off right now. I have, like, the cheap-ass, like, window units right now where I'm living, and I had to turn them off because, obviously, like, you wouldn't be able to hear me over top of it. And my dog's in my bed just panting, looking at me from like, <laughs> suffering. Yeah, I literally have beads of sweat dripping down my back as we speak, but that's yeah. besides the point. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, so I think if creamer were added, because you know us and our hazelnut creamer, the Mm -hmm. rating would probably go up a little bit. So I think this is a good coffee and a nice one for the summer because literally it says on the container, pour over ice. Like that's all you need to do. Okay, cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing before we get started with the case that I forgot to talk about. And it's necessary. It's like my own little listener story, except I'm not a listener. So while we were at mom and dad's for the weekend of your wedding, it was right after your wedding, actually, we actually slept in Carson and I slept in Ava's bedroom. So we were going upstairs, getting ready for bed. We were both fucking exhausted. We couldn't hang outside. We were like, we just need quiet. So we went upstairs and Carson was downstairs getting me a glass of water. And I was up in Ava's room, just like getting settled in. And all of a sudden, I swear to God, as clear as day, all I hear is, what are you doing? And I was like, what the fuck? I just stood there like with my eyes wide for like a few seconds. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I know for a fact I just heard that. Like, I'm not imagining it. And in a child's voice, right? And and like a little little kid's voice. And I was not drunk at that point. So I was like, what the fuck? And I was too freaked out to say anything to Carson when he came upstairs. So I just like went to bed. But it was definitely a little ghost girl. It was definitely our little girl. 
if you're a if you're a throwback listener or an OG listener, I should say, you know all about the little girl. Yes, there's a little ghost girl that hangs out at their house and she's super chill. She doesn't cause any problems, but she is there and I definitely heard her and it freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and she really enjoys Ava's bedroom, aka my old bedroom. So it's just a room made for a little girl. Yeah. So she came out for Bryn's wedding. <laughs> She was there. She participated. <laughs> she was in the <laughs> She actually played Pong with me for a bit. <laughs> Do you imagine? She was just drinking water cups, though. <laughs> She's only a child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was my story. You ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Today's case is about Daniel Robinson. A little background about Daniel. Daniel Robinson was born January 14th, 1997, and we're going to do some descriptive details of Daniel, and you'll know why later on, but we figured we'd just tell him now. He was 5'8", 165 pounds, an African-American man with black hair and brown eyes, and he was missing part of his right forearm, including his hand. He was born this way. His father was David Robinson II, and his mother was Devisha Robinson. He also had a brother named Roger Cawley Robinson. In 2019, Daniel graduated as a field geologist and moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Fun fact, when I was little, I wanted to be a geologist so bad. (laughs) You would. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's that meme where it's like, Oh my god, I think you sent it to me where it's like as a child having my rock collection and then (laughs) as an adult with my rock collection and it's like all the crystals that you have now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty much a geologist, just not highly certified like Daniel was. You need to fucking see Bryn's crystal collection. You got to get a display for this and like take pictures because it's unreal. I should. <laughs> Honestly, I have like 10 and they're like in a box. And <laughs> Bryn has, she should have a museum. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to Daniel, he delivered for Instacart for an unknown period of time. And this is just mentioned because it's going to be mentioned again briefly later on. He was described as having, quote, an innate passion for adventure and known to travel in opportune moments. And that was a quote from pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. He frequently spoke with family, and he was also described as very family-oriented, and he just loved being with his family. Oh. Which I can totally relate Yeah, clearly. Yeah, and I feel like... like Literally the most family-oriented person you'll ever meet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed with my family. (laughs) But I feel like I would get along with Daniel so well because I feel like that's just a good type of person. Yeah. Someone who cares a lot about their family and friends, I feel like it's just a good energy to be around, you know? And and nature, that's huge. Yeah. He also always helped others, and he loved science and nature. I feel like we would get along with him very well. For real, though. Moving on to June 23rd of 2021. So this is very recent. He left his job in Buckeye, Arizona around 9.15 a.m. This was near Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road. He left in his 2017 blue-gray Jeep Renegade. It was reported that he was heading west towards the desert. 
He was working as a geologist on a site. A federal law enforcement officer later said that he had seen Daniel later in the morning, but other articles state that this was actually a co-worker on site. So just keep that in mind. I feel like, though, even if this person was a law enforcement official, it could have been someone that was required to be on site or something. Right. So it could have been both. Yeah. Daniel had been cleaning his Jeep. They briefly spoke in passing about target practice, him and this law enforcement official. The official also later noted that there was no damage to Daniel's Jeep at the time of their conversation. So he was able to like pinpoint at the time he saw him and he was talking to him. He was clearly noticing he was cleaning his Jeep and there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. This was the last time that Daniel was seen. He seemingly vanished into thin air. Daniel's father reported him missing around 7 p.m. that same night. And the Buckeye police did a ground search near that job site area daniel was then entered into national missing persons database wow i'm happy that they did a search so early on because it's the same day that they did that that's that search of this job area yeah i don't know what time that was specified around but i feel like his dad moved so quickly with reporting him missing yeah that's great as well i feel That obviously he had maybe constant communication with his family typically during the day or they were like, this is odd. And right away they just jumped to the extreme, which is just – which is such a good thing because what's the harm in getting overly anxious and worried and reporting something and that person might just be found a couple hours later? Right. Like always be over-concerned almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next day, June 24th, 2021, this was day two of Daniel being missing. The Buckeye police did another ground search near the job site. Investigators accessed the Jeep's Uconnect system to try and locate Daniel or his vehicle, but there was no GPS data available, which is really weird. Honestly, I was on the opposite end of that because... I have a Jeep and it has a Uconnect system, right? It, yeah. It's just what connects. Like anytime I want to use my phone or call someone, it'll be like Uconnect, da 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 right? Oh. And it's just like the system tied to calling people through your car kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find it strange that there was no GPS data available because I never use my car for GPS. I use my phone. Does that what that means though or like – is that I thought it meant like when there's no GPS available, like they weren't able to locate the car via GPS. Oh, possibly. I don't know. I don't know how the U- – I didn't even know Uconnect was like a Jeep-wide thing, so I don't know how that works. Yeah, my, my Jeep has it, so I knew what the system was, but I don't have that much knowledge of, of it. But as far as I know from what I've used in my car, the Uconnect is just the system where it says – your phone is connected to your car and you could have phone calls through your car. You hmm. can speak like voice command through your car type of thing. Interesting. Yeah. They also tried to ping his cell phone, but there was no luck in that. Tempe police checked Daniel's apartment on this day as well. So they were kind of on top of it, checking all the places that he could have been. June 25th, 
2021. This is day three of Daniel missing. An aerial search for Daniel took place using a Phoenix Firebird helicopter. Another ground search was done by the job site. Wow. July 6th, 2021. This is two weeks missing now. Daniel's apartment was searched by Buckeye police, and another ground search was done by the job site. July 9th, 2021. This was 17 days missing. Aerial searches were done by a civil air patrol. Like, where did he go? Yeah, it get it gets even weirder. And I have comments to make later yeah. on in regards to the ground searches that were done. Yeah. Which may or may not be hearsay, but it's coming from his family, so I'm taking their word for it. Yeah. July 15th, 2021. There was an ongoing review of Daniel's financial records being conducted with assistance from his family. And it was unclear whether this began on July 15th or was done from the start and still ongoing by the 15th. Okay. July 19th, 2021. A rancher found a Jeep in a ravine on his property. This was less than three miles from Daniel's job site. What? Which, if they had been doing all these ground searches around the job site for that long, I don't understand how it wasn't found. And an aerial search. Yeah, and it's less than three miles away. It's not like it was found 50 miles away, you know? Yeah, I wonder, like, what the radius is that they searched. This car was found in a remote part of the desert on this person's property. The Jeep was rolled on its side. The airbags were deployed, and there was also, quote, evidence in the vehicle indicating that the driver was wearing a seatbelt at the time of the crash. And that's a quote from Wikipedia, which I don't know how, I don't know what kind of evidence there would be that shows the driver was wearing a seatbelt. Unless, like, he slipped out, out of it. Well, I don't know. Or if there was pull in it from, like... Yeah. Stopping short or rolling or or if it was in the database somehow. Yeah, maybe. Daniel's cell phone, keys, wallet, boots, and clothes were also found in the car. Wow. It was not noted whether these were the clothes that he had been wearing or just clothes of his in general because if he was anything like me, my car is full of clothes at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so... It didn't really specify that, but it almost made it sound like it was the clothes that he was wearing. Okay. Further ground and aerial searches were done with multiple agencies involved after the discovery of the Jeep. July 21st, 2021, crash data was downloaded from the Jeep, and data was also taken from Daniel's cell phone that was found in the car. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the investigate more of the investigation portion of it. July 22nd, 2021, the Jeep was processed for evidence. And then on July 28th of 2021, detailed bank records were obtained with the help of Daniel's family and investigators were then able to fully look at transactions. So between the 15th and the 28th, that's whenever they were able to complete the financial records investigation. 
Sometime towards the beginning of the investigation, police also interviewed family, friends, and coworkers of Daniel. We don't have an exact date for this, so figured we'd just put it in here. An investigative report said that some of these people interviewed had said that Daniel was acting strange or out of character in the days leading up to his disappearance. One coworker said the day he went missing, and this is a quote from abc15.com, quote, he arrived at the site and was saying things that did not make sense and suddenly left after about 15 minutes. So, mm-hmm. like, that is in itself sounding like almost like mental health. But at the same time, it's like, what in the world happened? Right. And this was only one investigative report. And it was only one article, really, that had stated that. So I don't know if that's... If that's even accurate. Yeah, And even if it is accurate, it didn't state how many people said this. It didn't state who said this. Interesting. We don't really know the full situation of it. Yeah. July 29th, 2021, in an area south of where the Jeep was located, a human skull was found. There were no other human remains located along with the skull. Testing was done and it was determined that it was not Daniel. But, like, who the fuck was it then? Mm-hmm. Like, how is there not more info about that? I don't understand that because that seems to happen frequently in cases we've done or cases that we've read about or whatever where it's like, and a body was found and it wasn't it, them. That right, was that. It, it wasn't them. And it's like, who the heck was it then? Yeah. How long does it or, take to figure that out? Remember the one where it was it was like they determined it not to be them and the evidence was discarded. Yeah, like like what? they just threw it out. Insane. August 19th, 2021, coworkers were interviewed and re-interviewed. September 16th of 2021, a statement was made by the Buckeye Police Department. They said they had worked with outside agencies and searched over 70 square miles for signs of Daniel. In this process, they utilized cadaver dogs, UTVs, helicopters, and drones in their searches. That is a huge area. I'm assuming that the 70 square miles was just specifically for him and not from the beginning when they were searching for the Jeep as well. Right. That's a. But they had to have searched over three square, three miles in each direction. For the Jeep. Right. And him. Which is why I don't understand how it was how it was missed. Right. And, like, how was nothing else found? I don't understand. Yeah, like, there's no sign of him whatsoever. It's crazy. September 28th, 2021, Buckeye Police implemented targeted ground searches. Santan Recon, which is a collision reconstruction company... Process the crash site for an independent crash report. From what we could gather, Santan Recon was hired by or working alongside the police department to decipher the crash data. September 30th, 2021, more ground searches were done. October 14th, 2021, Santan Recon revisited the crash site, which I think is a pretty big gap yeah 
for you to be processing a crash site and then revisiting it. Right. Like what information for that long did you have to decipher to then go back and be like, okay, we need to check on this, you know? Yeah. And was the car not removed from there at that point? Or were you going back to see tracks or if something was left there? I don't understand that really. Yeah, that's a huge gap. Also in October 2021, at some point, investigators released more information that they had discovered. Daniel had been texting a woman that he met. He met her when he delivered for Instacart, and allegedly she invited him inside and they exchanged phone numbers. Their relationship continued after that, and some text messages also allegedly showed that Daniel had visited her home a few times unannounced. In these texts, the woman expressed extreme discomfort with that. Hmm. So that's just a little bit of side information that I don't know if that's really relevant or not, but it's something that the police told to the public, so we felt that the listeners should kind of know that information. Right. Even though there might be absolutely no connection with his disappearance regarding that. Yeah. Or it might be a sign of something like people were describing he was acting out of character. That could have been a sign of him acting out of character. Right. That's what I was thinking more so. Not that I knew him, but that's the first thought that came to my head. During the interviews previously mentioned with Daniel's friends, family, etc., police had questioned whether Daniel would potentially be suicidal over this relationship with this woman, and they all said he would not be. Note... Daniel had also previously made plans with family before his disappearance. He was to meet up with them in July, and he was looking forward to it, according to his family. Again, like, you don't make plans if you're planning suicide. Yeah, and something that he was really hyped up about and in constant contact with them about. Like, he was making a big deal about this gathering with the family. Right. At some point after finding Daniel's car, his family hired someone to reconstruct the accident, as well as a private investigator named Jeff McGrath. It is unclear whether the Robinsons had hired a different company to reconstruct the accident to gain a second opinion, or if it was just referring to Santan Recon, which was the original reconstruction company. If it was all done by Santan Recon, some articles made it sound like the family and private investigator noted that certain information stood out to them from those reports. Either way, the info obtained from the accident reconstruction seemed super sketchy to Daniel's family and the private investigator. They believed that the accident had been staged. Oh, I have the complete chills from the whole situation. Right. That's terrifying to come to the realization. Yeah. October 18th of 2021. This is all a quote from BuckeyeAZ.gov. Quote, Santan Recon Issues Collision Report. Below is what was found. Daniel's Jeep Renegade was involved in a rollover crash. It was the only crash recorded on the vehicle's internal systems. Speeds increased right before impact, which could indicate an attempt to drive up the other side of the ravine. More than 40 ignition cycles were recorded after the crash. This could be due to driver's attempt to restart the vehicle or use the electrical systems. 
It is unclear how many cycles occurred during tow recovery and when investigators downloaded the data. An 11-mile discrepancy between the crash data report and the displayed odometer reading is not considered unusual. Similar discrepancies have been noted by Jeep dealership service departments and other crash reconstructionists. I think that's a pretty big discrepancy. 11 miles? Yeah, I was going to say that. That's one or two miles. Okay, maybe, but what? 11 miles. That's pretty big. How is that a norm? Yeah, I don't I don't really understand how that's not unusual, especially if you're checking that specifically, you know? Mm-hmm. So according to Wikipedia, in summary, the report said, quote, After the airbags deployed, the ignition was turned over 46 more times and that there was an additional 11 miles on the car that registered after the car crashed. And that's a quote (sighs) from Wikipedia. Rightfully so, the family found this strange and they, along with the P.I. McGrath, feel that the vehicle crashed somewhere else. Because why else would there be registered 11 miles after the crash? Right. Either... So what they're thinking is, I'm assuming, this is just me speculating, what they're thinking is, okay, this crashed somewhere else and the car was still drivable and this person then drove it 11 miles out and made it look like a crash scene or it crashed somewhere else and was towed 11 miles further or so and left there. That just doesn't make any sense. Like the whole thing is just, I think, suspicious as well. Yeah, and especially since the car ignition or electrical was restarted 40-plus times after, too, or someone tried to restart it. Right. It's just so – the whole thing is just so odd. That's sketchy. November 9th, 2021, more human remains were discovered. These were also sent out to be identified through DNA testing – And they were determined to not be Daniel Robinson. Like, they need to keep searching this area. They keep finding human remains. Uh Uh-huh. I remember when this was happening. Really? Yes. And as we get further down, you may remember it too. Okay. When all of this was happening. November 23rd, 2021, the FBI was briefed on the Daniel Robinson case. And the thing that blows my mind is that nothing else is said after that about the FBI. Yeah, like what? They were Why were they briefed? Yeah, why were they briefed? What what about the case if this happens typically in Jeeps or if this was an accident or just a missing persons? Why was the FBI briefed and what came of it? Right. Moving on to the aftermath. Daniel Robinson is still missing, and the investigation for his whereabouts are ongoing. According to his change.org page, this case has been classified as a missing person investigation rather than a criminal one. As true crime listeners, we're sure many of you are aware of cases that are investigated in a more lax manner when they're classified as quote-unquote missing persons runaways, or a leaving of their own accord. Due to this, we understand and support the family's dire need for this to be taken seriously as an endangerment, criminal investigation, or a potential foul play scenario. 
Daniel's family has created a GoFundMe page as well as a petition for the case. The GoFundMe link we will provide in our show notes along with the petition link. The GoFundMe is currently at $273,943. Wow. With a $350,000 goal. So so please. What? They're so close. I know. So please donate if possible. The petition is currently at 118,451 signatures at the time of this research. I was one of those. (laughs) P.S. I need to go do it. (laughs) It needs 150,000 to become one of the top signed on change.org. Wow. It literally takes one second to sign the petition. I did it. I'm literally, I'm telling you it takes one second. And this is a petition created to fight to get Daniel's case changed to a criminal investigation. So please sign this. His family formed the Daniel Robinson Foundation. And this is a quote from pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. Quote, the Daniel Robinson Foundation will make the distressed families go to find their loved one a little less painful while narrowing the gap that people of color faces. Every family deserves equal treatment no matter where they come from. The Daniel Robinson Foundation will do its part to provide help for families who experience this injustice. Wow. I think that's so beautiful. I literally just signed it. It took two seconds. So you guys need to go sign this. Yeah, your name is pre-entered and everything. You literally click a button. And I cannot believe how much this man's family has done in the span of a year yeah it's as actually insane to think about all of that money raised all of those signatures done like they were on top of it the family has continued to express discontent and disbelief with the direction that law enforcement has decided to take regarding daniel's case quote Robinson's father has been critical of the effort to put into locating his son by local law enforcement, claiming that he has done more in attempting to locate his son from Phoenix than law enforcement has. That was a Wikipedia quote. They also believe that police took too long to start searching for Daniel. David Robinson, who again is Daniel's dad, had also told ABC 15 that, quote, He believes the Gabby Petito case gave his son's case renewed attention, this time in the national spotlight. And that was abc15.com quote. Daniel's parents were also on Facebook series Red Table Talk. They spoke about his disappearance and the roadblocks they have been facing with the investigation. So they really like got out there and were just on like every platform that they could. Yeah, and that's something I was going to mention earlier is that remember how we were saying, oh, they did a lot of ground searches from the get-go? Mm-hmm. According to his family, they were the one pushing those ground searches. Oh, so – Like, was- they were the ones going to law enforcement being like, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. Right, Wow. Which I'm glad it did happen, but when someone's missing, it shouldn't take the family – forcing you to do that right it should be automatic Mm -hmm. his father has written a beyond touching piece on daniel's website 
describing the injustices that people of color face, changes that should be made in order for investigative processes to work better, the fight to find his son and how he refuses to leave Arizona until he does so. His father traveled from South Carolina to be there. So he's like, I'm not leaving. Mm -hmm. So please give this a read. And if you are able to, please do what you can and try to help make this happen. If you have any information about the disappearance of Daniel Robinson, call the Buckeye Police tip line at 623-349-6411. We'll put that in our show notes. Or you can submit an anonymous tip online through text message on the Nixle website through this website that we're going to link. I'm not going to read the whole website. For tons of information slash links regarding Daniel Robinson's case, you can also visit his website. And that's, again, pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. And we will link that. So you have all the resources. Please, if you can, take two seconds out of your day and sign the petition. And if you can, donate. That would be very, very helpful for his family. And if you go to his website, his dad provides, and I'm sure other family members as well, but his dad, I've seen his presence heavily involved on the website. He provides updates, pictures, information, links. That website is a knowledge of resource for Daniel Robinson. And I feel like his dad and his family just goes above and beyond. That GoFundMe, I know, also contributes to things for his dad to be able to remain in Arizona, such as hotel stays because he's paying for all this out of pocket or from the GoFundMe. He's been there for a year. I have the chills. Yeah. So I I think it also contributes to resources in order to help find him because obviously cadaver dogs cost money. UTVs cost money. All of that kind of stuff costs money. Right. And we know from other cases it gets to a point where the county or the state or whatever don't have the money or don't want to utilize the money to fund it anymore or can't. So this GoFundMe is helping his family continue to be able to to do this for him. Wow. Yeah. His website is laid out very, very well as well. And it's very easy to read. and It's easy to find all the links to everything. So just check it out. Again, it's pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. And if I, there's so much information on there that if we had put it all on there, every single update that's been had that his, his dad talked about, we would, we would be talking for forever tonight. Yeah. But take the time to read it because his dad really is trying to keep the public involved and knowledgeable about what's going on. Right. I just really hope he's found because this entire thing, once again, we have a case here that just does not make sense. Yeah. I just, my heart breaks for them. They need answers. Yeah. Because the thing, the thing I don't understand is aside from all the information that they gained from that, that car, even if he had gotten in that car crash and let's say that 11 mile thing was tacked on there for some reason. Where is he? Right. Like, how did they do a search of that big of a radius and they didn't find any clues of where he may be, where he may have been? Right. Like anything. 
Yeah, even if he got in this accident and had some kind of head injury or some other kind of injury, he would be somewhere. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. Or there would be a sign of him somewhere, footprints even, something. Yeah. It's just so sad and so scary. Do you remember all of that stuff happening now that yes, that we had read the information his dad said regarding yes. Gabby Petito's case bringing light to Daniel Robinson's case? Yes, I do. I do remember it. And it really doesn't feel like it was that long ago. And I think that's why it didn't like trigger in my head. But um, mm-hmm. it was like a year ago now. Yeah. That's crazy. It's it's crazy. I I just like every case, like you said, I feel so sorry for the family and for Daniel and they just deserve answers. I can't even imagine what it's like to not know what happened to somebody in your family that you love so much and just literally not have an inkling of a clue of what happened. Mhm. Yeah. Agreed. I think well, this might be one to take to Laura in the future. I think so, too. I think this could be really helpful for his mm-hmm. case and for his family. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. We will try to get that set up potentially in the future. Yes. So anything else before we want to close this one out for the week? I don't think so. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? Nope. I think we should dive into our spiel. All right. So you know where to find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post our weekly resources and photos. Again, in this episode, for this weekly post, we'll put all of the links that we had talked about, the phone numbers, the contacts, everything that we had said, because we know you can't write down phone numbers while you're driving. And then (laughs) we also have our Instagram, Crime Cults and Coffee. And that's where we post our weekly pictures from episodes and the coffee that we have reviewed. Also, in our bio, we have our link tree, and that has a link to all of our listening platforms that you can hear us on. Yep. If you have a case suggestion or a listener story, please email us at crimecultsandcoffee at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at crimecultsandcoffee. We love getting those from you guys. It makes yes. our week. And we're still trying to catch up on everyone's suggestions because we've gotten a lot as of late. Also, I usually say the listener, the review, rate and review here, but I'm going to kind of say fuck it for this week because I think that our call to action this week should be for everyone to sign Daniel Robinson's petition. Yes. And potentially, if you can, if you're able, even if it's literally $2, donate to his GoFundMe and... I mean, if you would like to leave a review, great. You know where to do it. But I think the more important thing this week is getting a move on with trying to help this family find Daniel. Agreed. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And that's about it. All right. Until so we'll next see week. you guys next week. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at 
Crime Calls in Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.